You're listening to Rowan Radio On Demand. Download more podcasts at rowanradio.com. The following program does not represent the views or opinions of the staff or administration of Rowan University or Rowan Radio. 89.7 WGLS-FM. Around the globe, many concerts and festivals have been canceled to curb the spread of COVID-19. So I definitely think eventually it'll it'll come back to the full scale that it was. But I do not I don't think that like when we come back in the fall, I don't think it's gonna just be like throw the doors open, everybody come in, breathing all over each other. Gone are the days where thousands of people pack into a single space, standing shoulder to shoulder and side by side. It's easy to see why the music industry has been singing the blues during this pandemic. Going to a nice restaurant where there's live music there that has stopped because of COVID a lot. Do you feel safe going to concerts now that vaccinations have been distributed? Personally, I don't. Not yet. Event organizers around the world are coming up with different ways for people to have a bit of fun. COVID-19 has become a part of our lives for over a year now, and every person in industry has had to adapt to our new world of social distancing. But how do some industries, the ones that rely on large gatherings of people to finance themselves, come up with answers to keep their industry going? And how do others that rely on chemistry, creativity, and collaboration in a closed-off environment keep the energy flowing while being so far apart? And in this documentary, we will be taking a look at the music industry during the early days of the COVID-19 pandemic and how some experts plan to return to a sense of normalcy for when the days of social distancing are behind us. I'm Joshua Ticino alongside Catherine Arts, and this is Masking the Music. March 13th marked the beginning of the pandemic in the U.S., with former President Donald Trump declaring COVID-19 a national emergency. In the following days, stay-at-home orders began to fall into place as the country went into lockdown. For Megan Braddock, operations supervisor for Live Nation Entertainment in Philadelphia, the confusion began the day before President Trump's declaration. It was March 12th, I remember. It was like a Thursday or something. And we were supposed to start a four-night run of the Disco Biscuits, which are like a local jam band. Um, And that was going to be a really kind of just to kick off our busy season because in the winter we start to slow down. And then in the spring we start to bring back up. And so this four-night run was going to bring us back, you know, into our busy season. And so we were all just like running around preparing for the show, but we had the news on in the office and we were listening as things were happening. And it was really funny because our boss, our general manager would like step into his office and come out and be like, I was just on the phone with the city. I was just on the phone with the CDC. I was on the phone with Live Nation Corporate, like taking calls every 20 minutes because we were like, what are we supposed to be doing right now? Because it's changing every 20, 30 minutes. Like at first it was like, you know, if you're feeling sick, don't go out. And it's like, okay, well, we can we can handle that. And then it quickly escalated to, you shouldn't have gatherings of more than 10,000 people, 5,000 people. And then it started to trickle down into our capacity limits. And the Fillmore is a 2,500 capacity venue. Um, and we had sold out that show that night. So there were going to be 2,500 people in the building. Two miles north from Megan, 
Matthew Ticino, an audio engineer for Milk Boy the Studio, was recording an artist when the news began to spread. Uh, I was actually in a session with one of my uh, one of my clients, and I think he had seen it uh, on like social media. It was like, "What? That's crazy!" And we we finished the session, and then my sessions afterward were all canceled. And I wanted to make sure I could get back over to Jersey because I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know if they were going to shut the bridge down, or I definitely didn't want to get stuck at you know, stuck at in Philly. I didn't have all my stuff and. You know, that would have been awful. After going into a hard quarantine for a number of weeks, Milk Boy began to allow recording sessions back in their studios, of course, with COVID guidelines in place. Well, the initial reaction was to completely shut down. That's what everybody was told to do. That's what they did. Um, when things were opened back up, we had talked about a different, a bunch of different precautions to put into place. We were talking about putting, you know, uh, glass at the front where the studio managers were. We limited the number of people in rooms. We wanted it to just be one person. Um, or if they had somebody that was like maybe getting featured on a track, they could bring that person. Whoever was there needed to be a part of the creative process. If they were just there to hang out with their buddies, they were not welcome. And people were very like serious about it. They People followed it, you know, pretty pretty well we didn't have interns back at first so you know it was up to the engineers to clean i mean our cleaning procedures were pretty you know very detailed we, we sprayed this like 24-hour spray in the air it's supposed to disinfect anything in the air um you know wiped everything down constantly in between like in between sessions and I had my little area at the front they there in the back you know most of the time it was people in the booth so there was very little time where we were actually like near each other. Um, we also upped our, our minimum of hours. I, I, I personally really liked that because it kind of weeded out the people that, I mean, when you, have, when you have two hours as a minimum, which is what it was before, you have the potential of having a lot of people come into the studio. Like if you're there for, you know, 10 hours, you have five different clients coming in if you're if they're all two hours. If you say it's eight hour, you have two sessions. So it just, you know, it kind of, it just limits the amount of exposure. And, you know, obviously that's the whole point of putting precautions into place. The live industry wasn't so lucky. Hundreds of tours and concerts were canceled or rescheduled for a later date. Elton John's Farewell Yellow Brick Road Tour, Pearl Jam's North American Tour, Taylor Swift's Lover Tour, Harry Styles' Love On Tour, The Weekend's After Hours Tour, Madonna, Mariah Carey, Kiss's End of the Road World Tour, and the list goes on. Hundreds of live events canceled or postponed in the interest of public safety. For months, all was quiet with Megan's operation. No concerts, no crowds, no work for Live Nation. I think we all thought it was going to be like two weeks, a month. For the first two months of the pandemic, Live Nation actually still paid us because they really thought like this, this is going to blow over. It'll be fine. And so, you know, April and May of 2020, we were also getting paid. And so it was like, this is great. Like, we'll just come back to work and we're ready. We're all ready. 
And then eventually it was like, you guys will make more money on unemployment. Megan, like millions of other Americans, filed for unemployment and joined the wait for the country to open back up again. Matt was more fortunate than most. Concerts need fans in order to happen. The recording industry doesn't rely on a live audience. The beauty of recording is it can be done in a room with a small group of individuals. The studio was closed for a while when everything started opening back up again was kind of when we were open back up and honestly my business you know was busier than ever. Um, you know a lot of people I think use their stimulus money and whatever they you know whatever they got from the government or the unemployment like people were doing pretty well so they used that money for studio time. And it's kind of jump-started my career a whole another step further than it was pre-pandemic. Probably one of the few people that actually benefited from a pandemic. During the early days of the pandemic, many people were simply bored and looking for ways to entertain themselves. With many people having entire days free at a time, some people were bound to take up hobbies that they never had the time to start before. Around the country, the potential for new bands to form in the local music scene was plentiful and without having any concerts to go to for over a year, many people are counting the days until they can go back. In October of 2020, I was supposed to go to a Harry Styles concert and I was super excited about that because I love Harry Styles and it was my first time ever seeing him live. So. COVID kind of ruined that um, scheduled for this October now in 2021, a year later. In May, last May of 2020, I was also supposed to go to a Niall Horan concert. So I was really sad about that too. Like there's no, like it's so hard to have that crowd now. Like I understand why they're not having them, but it's just really upsetting. Like the euphoric feeling you feel at a concert. For music wise, the only plans that I had was to go to like my first like music festival like rave thing so I guess that has changed because me and my friends didn't end up going because they got canceled. I went to my first two concerts ever in 2019 so I got my uh, high the concert high so I wanted to go to more concerts but I can't. There have been talks about like having a little like sections or whatever and I saw a couple of posts. I don't know if it's going to be a thing. Like, there's like you have like your own little like area, like a little stage. I don't know if that's going to be an actual thing. It'll be really interesting. Um, people might need to be vaccinated in order to go to shows. Will it get back to the way it was eventually? Probably. I, I would think in like a couple of years, things will start to, you know, go back to the way they were, especially as like this younger generation who are like the quarantine babies, like the kids that are growing up in this time. By the time it gets to, like, them going to shows, you know, they won't know going to a show with a mask or, like, the year without concerts. Like, they're just going to go. As we make our way to the present, Live Nation has been looking for ways to get workers like Megan to come back to the job they love. And one of those ways is opening back up as a vaccination site for COVID. Live Nation actually partnered up with Penn Health, so, like, the University of Pennsylvania hospital system, and they're doing vaccines out of the TLA. Um, and it's the first concert venue in the in the world to have be a vaccine site, which is so super cool to be a part of. It's it's so great because it's like, well, if we can't have shows, let's 
put this space to use, you know, brush off the dust and get some employees back and do something. In looking towards the future, it's safe to say that some guidelines will outlive the coronavirus pandemic. So I definitely think eventually it'll it'll come back to the full scale that it was. But I do not I don't think that like when we come back in the fall, I don't think it's going to just be like throw the doors open, everybody come in, breathing all over each other. And maybe that's for the best. But I'm very interested to see, I know that there are a couple independent venues that have tried to have events, like just regular events over the past couple months. And they've gotten a lot of backlash from the public. Like, why are you doing this? No, like if you bought tickets to this, why? This is so unsafe. And so then they've canceled these events. And so from that perspective, I think that the public is also very like wary of you know I want to go back to a show but I want to do it safely and that's that's very encouraging to see because then the sooner that we can do it safely the sooner we could just keep doing it. it there won't be a stop I I know people hate the masks but I actually don't mind them when someone's standing close to me they're not spitting on me <laughs> you know because <laughs> I have that, that, that block you know at least a little bit it's better than nothing I think people are just more aware of just how much something like that can affect the world. I think if you come out of this quarantine with a little bit of a of an optimistic view in just, you know, you're looking to take in any any music that you can. And I think that'll be really great for these like local artists that are coming out of quarantine doing their thing. The coronavirus pandemic continues to test the foundation of our society. The music industry was just one of many to suffer from social distancing and protocols to keep the public safe. But the recording industry was able to retain a somewhat sense of normalcy while the live industry took a costly blow. As we begin to understand more about the virus, we are coming closer to returning to our somewhat normal lives. Soon enough, concerts will return and our music will no longer be masked.